the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Welcome to another edition of the Spot Track Podcast. My name is Mike Gennetti. It is Monday, June 12th. I'm getting ahead of myself. It's been a morning. It's a running back conversation. I've been uh, reluctant to go there because I'm trying to stay positive, but they're going to be heavily in the news right now as Saquon Barkley makes his stance. We're going to hear something from Josh Jacobs at some point in time. Delvin Cook is heavily in the news, obviously, after his release out of Minnesota. I'm doing a full circle review here. Um, talking about those players specifically, I'll give you my thoughts on a Delvin Cook contract. I'll give you my thoughts on what Barkley should be doing with his stance and just uh, where we're headed. What do the numbers actually look like? How does value you know, actually come into this conversation in terms of guys that stay in their contracts or fall off their contracts like Delvin did this year? Um, you know, why is Derrick Henry still in his contract, even though he's well above the age threshold that generally teams give up on, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a 30 minute or so conversation about all things running backs. Um, I'm trying to stay positive and really trying to kind of give my optimistic thoughts, right? Like this is how we can do this and then keep this train moving. Um, I'm sorry. I hope that's how you take it. I hope you don't take it as me just crapping on this position again, because it's really easy to do that. And I think numbers can help change that. Truly, numbers on the field, numbers in the books. Um, they're aligned to some degree. The free agency was a mess. Um, I get into that a little bit as well. And obviously, we had some high draft picks that are going to impact everything because they sit atop the cash list right now, right? B. John Robinson, highest paid running back in football this season because of that first round pick. So um, we're headed there. We're headed there right now. There's a, there's a path forward, I believe. Uh, but a couple of things have to go right over the next couple of weeks. We'll see if that's what happens. My thoughts on where the running back money is going soon, where it is now, and uh, Delvin Cook's next contract, as well as a roundup of what's happening on SpotTrack.com on the back end of the show as well. Enjoy. All right. I hate to do it to you, but it's time. We've, uh, we've laid off the running backs for a while now, maybe a couple of months, honestly. Um, but every offseason, it rears its ugly head. And unfortunately, I have to get negative about that position because now we're at mandatory minicamp time. We're at the time where really it's an annual tradition now, right? Some top running back that's been offered, either not offered a contract or a franchise tag or a rookie extension they don't like, whatever it's going to be. You know, we're always going to have some sort of conflict with this position until, I don't know, five of these guys break through. But that's, that's uh, my God. That's a long way away. Saquon Barkley's $10 million franchise tag. Josh Jacobs, $10 million franchise tag. Delvin Cook's free agent, I don't know, prowess. That's three of the top five running backs, arguably in football right now, right? Derrick Henry locked in, Nick Chubb locked in. There's some, you know, there's some options. Jonathan Taylor, rookie extension pending. I don't know. Here's the deal. Before I start talking about specific names, I just want to talk about where we are with this position. Um, you've heard me say it before. You've heard everybody say it, you know, that you need six. You can get two every year in the draft. You can probably find at least one, you know, from an undrafted standpoint. There's a UDFA in every roster right now from running back position. I don't know, do 40% of those players make week one? Probably, because why not? There's absolutely no risk. They've already paid them the $6,000 signing bonus. So to go week to week on a $750,000 minimum salary, right? That's what? Nothing. It's just nothing. So I, I think we're going to see quite, quite, we've already seen this. 
and it's going to continue. So how do we stop this train? How do we stop teams from saying it's never going to be worth it to go north of 5 million on any running back? In certain cases, the franchise tag is a decent way to take a pill and live with it for a year. But after that, no way. We're starting back over. Why this position only? Okay. I thought it was going to happen to the interior defensive linemen. They blew it out of the water this year. And we're not even done. It's probably only halfway done at that position. There's probably three more massive contracts coming there, as we talked about last week. Edge rushers had a moment where I thought the world was kind of squashing down on that bug. And to a certain degree, they have. If an edge rusher gets to free agency, it's ugly. But if the, if the team wants to retain that player, you're still getting top of the marquee contracts left and right. So there's a bit of a back and forth there. And there has been at least a change there. But wide receivers, huge. Cornerbacks, huge. Safeties, much improved. Tight ends are garbage. All right. But they are still getting paid. They are still getting multi-year extensions. They're just kind of flatlining. Right. They're all about that 14, 12 to 15 million per year, two and a half, maybe two years guaranteed. And then we'll see pretty standard stuff. So they've just plateaued, but they haven't gone away. Right. David Njoku got the extension off the tag. Didn't see that coming. Hunter Henry, John Smith, everybody's getting Mark Andrews. They're all getting their contracts. Dawson Knox, Kyle Pitts will be next, even though he's been banged up. Right. It's coming. Hawkinson. Hawkinson's going to get his contract now that he's traded. So. We can, we can look at the tight end money and say, yeah, it's, it's declined. No, it's just there. It's just stable, which isn't great because it's not really improving, but, but they're getting their money. We're at a point now where the running backs just flat out aren't getting their money. All right, I put a tweet out about the collective free agent running back situation. And I think probably, I don't know, a few thousand of you just goffed at it and said, yep, that's just what it is. Didn't even bother with the tweet because it's just, it is what it is. And, and that's fine. That's terrible for this position. Okay. Here's the tweet. <clears throat> 102 running backs have signed a new contract this off season, whether it's a rookie deal or a veteran contract in free agency, they combine for $138 million guaranteed. Okay. 138 million guaranteed for 102 running backs. That's 1.3 million per player. 22 million of that went to Bijan Robinson's rookie contract. Another 13 went to Miles Sanders' free agent deal with the Panthers. That's 35 million. That means only 100 million is left for the other 100 running backs that signed a contract. It's bad. Okay. It's bad. It's real bad. Um, and that's the worst part about it. Uh, if this is going to, uh, you know, we're going to talk to Delvin Cook here in a second, and this will be my A block wish for him because I know that the agent's already done his work and he's put out there that this guy's not looking for a $4 million contract. You know, he's a special free agent. He's not a normal free agent. That's fine, but it's June 12th. What has to happen is if you're going to start, you know, if you're going to take away the multi-year, you have to increase the guarantee, which is happening with first rounders, right? The best of the best coming out of college football are getting fully guaranteed 15 to $30 million contracts in the first round. That's excellent. That's excellent. Now, does that mean that they're probably not going to get that in their second contract? Yep. It sure does. 
because they've already made their money, air quotes I'm, I'm using, and I'm being fake GM. They've already made their money. It's just the harsh reality of this business right now, okay? So if you're not going to give me the four-year contract ever, then it's too fully guaranteed. And when they say, great, it'll be a franchise tag this year and a franchise tag next year, I, I think running backs are just going to have to swallow that pill, all right? Because the numbers I just gave you, right? The best free agent running back, and there were dozens. It was an excellent class. Excellent. Most of them signed for 1.5 million. Okay, most. But what was considered the best free agent running back in Miles Sanders got 13 million guaranteed over the next two seasons. Okay, you can do the math on that. That's 6.5 per year over the next two years. He'll make a little bit more if he's healthy. That's it. He'll be gone after two seasons. No question about it. It's a four-year contract gone after two. That's what the best free agent contract looks like. Now, if the Giants hadn't franchised tag Saquon Barkley, what would his contract look like? Would he get the $20 million guaranteed? It sounds like the Giants offered that last fall. It sounds like they offered close to $13 million per year with around $20 million guaranteed. And the reason it was a hard no is because 10 plus 12 is 22. That's two franchise tags. And any right agent out there is going to say, look, you got to do better than two franchise tags. That's always been the moniker. That's always the negotiating starting point. Okay. Except for I'm not sure that's the case with this position anymore. Okay. It's gone so bad that just being offered the franchise tag already puts you in a, in a level and in a tier that's kind of a unicorn right now. Okay. So the fact that we had three running backs offered a franchise tag this offseason says something about those players specifically and the teams that did it and needed them. Should they be able to convert that into a multi-year contract? I don't know. I, I don't know anymore. All right. Because I've seen too many iterations of off seasons now where a player that I think is still great goes out and gets nothing. I think Damian Harris is a great running back. Now, he took some weeks off. You know what else happens? The New England Patriots give running backs weeks off from a play calling standpoint or from a doghouse standpoint. This guy may have been late for a practice and that screwed up his week seven. We don't know, but I know that's how that team operates. Is he going to look like that in Buffalo? I don't know. Okay. I think Devin Singletary is an above average running back. He's making peanuts for a team in Houston that might really be good this year offensively. They got an offensive line. I think they got a quarterback, a couple of weapons. We'll see. And the list goes on, all right? The Eagles have four running backs that I think any team would start tomorrow. Is the problem that there's just too much talent? Is the problem that the, the drop-off between, let's keep McCaffrey here, because I still think he's the, the, uh, you know, the, the one and the 1A, is the drop-off between Jonathan Taylor and Nick Chubb and... Saquon Barkley and the 18th best running back in football. Is it just not big enough? It's probably right. It's probably why so many teams every year draft a third round pick and sign three undrafted free agents, understanding that maybe every other year they're going to find a guy who, at least for one or two seasons, can go out there 
and can contribute to at least 85% of the production that they need at 5% of the cost of what it would take to go through all of this, right? A four-year contract plus a fifth-year option plus a sixth-year franchise tag, which is where we are with Saquon Barkley, okay? And it's where we'll be with Bijan Robinson most likely. Now, not Taylor. He wasn't a first-round pick. Not Jacobs, okay? So there's a big difference here. So I think there's two, there's two ways to look at this. If you're drafted in the first round, it means absolutely nothing to your second contract anymore. And it might be the only position where that's the case. Every other position, I still see it to this day. Players who I believe either A, might not even deserve the second contract, or B, certainly don't deserve a traditional, you know, 60% guaranteed second contract, are getting them because they were the number nine overall pick or because they were the number 20 overall pick. GMs still are trying to cover up their mistakes with money, okay? And it happens a lot. It happens a lot. It almost never works out, but it happens. We've seen this in the NBA for a long time, all right? A player that maybe just isn't developed yet. And look, in that case, that just may be an age factor because a lot of those kids are coming in at 20. By the time it's time to talk about the second contract, they're 22. And they're not even a semblance of what they might be when they're 30 years old, if they can make it that long in the league. So your bet is at least a, a, a logical bet to make with some of those players in the NBA. The violence factor of football is starting to stop all of those conversations, especially at this position. All right? Every single player we've talked about right now has an injury history because they're a running back. Okay, that's just logic. And with that comes a drop in price. Every red flag is the way for a team to push back on the agent and say, nope, we're not going that much. Nope, we're not going that much. He had this with the leg and that with the ankle, and he sat out this week. He had a terrible three-week stretch in, you know, in his rookie year. All the things they can point to with all the metrics they have now. Okay, So I'm just going to go through our valuations real quick. We run what's called a true value stat. And I like to access it every now and then, especially for conversations like this. Okay. Basically, it takes all the production points a player has, all the snaps a player takes, rolls them all together, mixes it in with using like a standard deviation process with their average salary for that particular season. And you get essentially a grade that says this is what your value is in a given year based on production versus cost. I'm looking at running backs over the past few seasons here. I'll start with just last year. Okay. In the top 10, the top 10 best value running backs, according to our true value stat, three of them had average salaries north of $10 million. Derrick Henry, four, Nick Chubb, five, Christian McCaffrey, nine. All makes sense, right? All three of those players still under contract under that exact same contract, by the way. Okay. And by the way, Austin Eckler three at 6.1 million. You can understand why he demanded some incentives this offseason. So four of these players, four of the top 10 were on veteran contracts. Okay. Josh Jacobs was one. Tony Power was two. Makes a ton of sense. <clears throat> if I go back to 2021, 
Austin Eckler's still there. Cordero Patterson's in there. But there's not a single player north of $6.5 million on average salary in our top 10. In fact, Joe Mixon at 13 is the highest salary that I can give you at $12 million per year. Joe Mixon's still under contract. Nick Chubb was 15th to round out the top 15. Nick Chubb, still under contract. Aaron Jones was 19, still under contract, but he was asked to take a $5 million pay cut to stick around. Is that it? Is that what's happening here? They're running these Z-scores, and they're saying, look, if he's under this threshold, it's not even worth considering keeping him at this price. Okay? Twenty twenty. Derrick Henry three, still on that same contract. Delvin Cook four, just released out of that contract. Alvin Kamara thirteenth, still on that same contract. Everybody else below that has been wiped out. Like some of these guys are retired. Gio Bernard, <laughs> Melvin Gordon. Okay. This is twenty twenty. All right. It's bad. Kareem Hunt is in the top 16 here. Doesn't have a contract right now. Okay. So for those of you saying Delvin Cook's been doing this for a long time, I don't know. If this is the metric they're using, and of course they're doing some sort of value predictive you know, analysis, there's reason to believe that Delvin Cook hasn't even been the top, a top 20 value in football. And look, you can say this is not the right way to look at it, but it, it's the only way to look at it based on where this position is going, okay? To say that Delvin Cook makes $12.6 million per year and that makes him the 40th best value running back in football, but who cares because, you know, we paid him. No, that's not how they're doing this. What they're saying is, and this is why Derrick Henry continues to stick around, is Derrick Henry makes $12.5 million a year and he has been the, a top five best value at the position every single year of his contract. That's how you stay in a contract as a running back. It's not about going out there and putting up a ton of fantasy points a couple of weeks and, and, and staying relevant. Okay. It's not a marketing ploy. Now, health is a big part of it, obviously. You know, and a lot of these guys fall down the list because of health issues. It's just the nature of the position. But that's what we're talking about here. Okay. Derrick Henry, consistently there. Nick Chubb, consistently there. Now, is that going to change? I don't know. Hasn't for Henry in a lot of years. Okay. I keep going back 2019. He's there every freaking year, every freaking year. And to Delvin Cook's point, he was top five in 18 and 19 and in 20. So he had a run. He had a moment. But for all the Minnesota fans out there yelling at me all off season, why do you keep putting this guy in the chopping block? This is why, all right? He's two years removed from being a good enough value to make the contract worth it. Okay. Zeke Elliott, was never in the top five on that contract. Never. Now he scored a lot of touchdowns and he did a lot of things, I think, from a niche perspective to force Dallas to do what they have to do. I'm going to have a Dallas conversation with the running backs in a second here. So I'm going to leave that conversation alone for a second. But my point is this, Austin Eckler consistently here on a $6 million contract. Okay. Derrick Henry consistently here on a $12.5 million contract. Nick Chubb on 12 and change. All right. Mixon's at least in the top 15 out of 12. That, that's what we're doing here. That's what this is about. They're saying, we're going to pay you. But the second we realize that it's not worth our time from this perspective, bang for buck, it's out. It's out the door. 
The reason Saquon Barkley isn't getting a three-year offer, guarantee-wise, is because they just don't believe he's going to be able to hang in this conversation. Because one injury is going to derail the whole thing, and they're going to start paying dollars out for production they're not going to get. And I can't blame the Giants for that, especially knowing that there's an 85% player to Barkley's stature sitting in the second round somewhere. It's just, that's just what it is right now. Okay. And, or, right. We can throw Delvin into this conversation. Now there's a completely available Delvin cook for one year. If you can do it, he's probably demanding two years guaranteed, but it's there. It's offering us. So it's brutal. All right. It's a brutal conversation to have. It's a brutal, it's brutal to think about. It's brutal to watch these guys be, be so freaking important to the game. And, you know, star for much of the season. I mean, Josh Jacobs last year was the driving force of fall. Saquon Barkley's revival and the question marks surrounding, obviously him and Daniel Jones, but him specifically at times was driving the New York media into Christmas. And now here we are flat on our face and he doesn't know what to do with it. Let's talk about it. $10 million franchise tag, two tags is 22 million and change. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And it's not a lot of money if I'm talking about any other position. Okay. Every defensive tackle was signed this year got double that guaranteed at signing. Every single one. All right. So for him to sign four for whatever, 60, 25 million guaranteed would be unbelievable right now. It's just not happening. It's not happening. And uh, I don't know that there's a player out there right now that can change it. Jonathan Taylor was on that approach. Then he had an absolute stinker of a 2022, and he hasn't progressed in the, in the passing game enough. And all of that has to happen. You have to stay healthy. You have to show you're a three-down runner, and you have to show you can catch 50 balls in this league. All simultaneously. Now, Josh Jacobs has done that, but he didn't do it for long enough. He became He, he kind of built into it. And it's just not the way it works, unfortunately. Every team can look at you and say, we don't think it's sustainable what you're doing. All right? Even though he has done everything that's been asked of him. Everything. In terms of Jacobs, I believe they drafted his replacement last year. I, I firmly believe that. And I think there's going to be a point in time where, A, nobody wants to trade for him, which is, I think is what's really happening right now. Because the Raiders are weird, all right? They're, there's a world where they're an eight-win team, and there's a world where they're a two-win team, easily, by Christmas. So I, I don't know that they actually want to keep this player on a $10 million salary. I, I don't know that. Would they keep him and take him? Of course. The production's outstanding, and I don't think it's going away in 2023. But I do think they're trying to trade this player quietly, very quietly. And I don't think that's coming to fruition. There's not a team out there that wants to take on that cap space and then convert it to a contract, obviously. And now, especially with Delvin Cook available, right? Anybody who thought that was going to be a possibility is just going to throw a couple of bucks at Cook and say, this is our guy now. And they had that opportunity with Austin Eckler as well. Now, different running styles, different, different running backs, you know, different teams have different needs at that position. But Kareem Hunt, completely available right now for free. You can do whatever you need to him on a minimum contract probably and get it in. But I think there's a chance 
that the Raiders look at themselves soon, maybe after this mandatory week, and decide that the riffraff or the chance that he's just going to be in Ghost World, not in an unsigned franchise tag, isn't even worth their public relations, and they're going to rescind the tag. I believe that's coming for Josh Jacobs. Now, that's a hot take. You can take it however you need. I think it's been so freaking quiet on that front that that's where we are. They are quietly, secretly trying to shop him, finding nothing in return. And at the end of the day, they don't want to pay $10 million to that player. They just want to rescind and go away. The last time we saw it happen was Josh Norman, and it did not go well for Washington, who signed him later. So that's my take on that one. I believe the Giants actually want Saquon Barkley, and I believe the Giants need Saquon Barkley for the next two seasons, minimum, which is what Daniel Jones fully guarantees are over the next two years. Matt Breida is the RB2 right now on that team, all right? And it's a host of young guys behind him, all of whom can produce, I'm sure, you know? We just haven't seen it. And none of them have the dynamic you know, skill set that Barkley can offer when he's healthy. And I do believe Saquon Barkley has done enough in the past season and a half to warrant sticking around on this roster. He's going to have to sign this franchise tag. <laughs> He's going to have to. He's going to have to sign the tag, show that he can get through the season, and knock on what I think he can do it. He's going to have to take that second tag and then use that. Use that as, as much leverage as humanly possible to try to get more than 12 million guaranteed next season. It's good luck. Okay. It's never going to get there, but that's what we're dealing with right now. All right. I'm not even sure Saquon Barley can give him a 12 million space salary next season outside of a franchise tag, but he's going to have to sign this tag. So, so one more question comes up, and I realize I'm completely on a soapbox here, but with this position, that's what it's become. It's become a soap opera. He's doing this for the running back position. Okay, that's what's going to that's going to be the narrative now. I have to stand up for the entire position and all the guys coming behind me. Is not playing on $10 million the right stance? Or is playing on $10 million the right stance? Stay with me on this. Okay. If what I'm telling you is the best free agent of, let's say, 10, 10 really legitimate starting running backs this offseason in free agency, for real. Okay. There's plenty of tweets and, and articles out there to back it up. There were a truckload of talented running backs hitting the open market this year. The best got six and a half million, two years fully guaranteed at 13 million. The air quotes best. I'm not putting Miles Sanders in any kind of, you know, all pro competition here. 13 million over two, six and a half per year. That's what the best just did in free agency. Bijan Robinson, the best rookie running back. Got 22 million fully guaranteed. The best for four years. Okay. Saquon Barkley is now looking at 22 million fully guaranteed for two years, segmented as 10 and 12. Okay. Obviously, if he's hurt this year, he's not going to get the second tag. That's, that's the risk. I'm not an idiot here. I know how this works. The stance he needs to be taking isn't 
I need the four-year contract and I need 15 million a year. I need to be right underneath Christian McCaffrey to keep this train moving. I don't think that's plausible anymore. I just don't. He, and by the way, his resume isn't strong enough to be that guy. He had an awesome rookie season. He fell flat from injuries and whatever for two seasons. He grinded his way back into, into the conversation and he's here. But you, you, you have to have a perfect resume, truly a perfect resume to be that guy standing on the podium right now saying, I got to do this for the rest of the running backs. I just don't think it's strong enough. Okay. So what he needs to do with the Giants is sit down with them and speak just as I'm speaking, which is Daniel, you need Daniel Jones for two years. You've already locked him up for two years. You can get out of that thing cleanly after two, no complaints. You need me with Daniel Jones for two years. And I don't think there's any argument when you look at the rest of that roster. I want my 22 million right now, fully guaranteed. You want to make it look like a four-year contract so you can finesse the cap a little bit? Great. That's all on you, right? You finesse the cap. I need my 22 million right now. I'm not going over it like I would, my original request was. I, I don't need to exceed the franchise tag values, but I need to know I'm going to have those two tags under my belt over the next two seasons. And that's where we have to get to. That has to be the resolution with Saquon Barkley, okay? That has to be what happens here. The reason I'm telling him he has to sign the tag is because I don't think he's going to go there. I think he believes he can sign this tag, play it out, and get a contract next offseason. And I'm just here to tell you, after watching this thing year in and year out, even if you become the top rusher in all of football, okay, <laughs> you're just going to be two years older than Josh Jacobs was this year who didn't get the contract. And not only that, I don't even think he's getting the franchise tag. So to say, I'm not going to play out the 10 million. I'm going to stay home and forfeit that money, Le'Veon Bell style. And to say that's the stance you're taking for the position, I, I just don't know. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. All right? Either A, you got to negotiate the two for 22. That can look like four for 60, wherever the hell you have to do. Two for 22 or you got to sign the one for 10. You have to do it, all right? For no other reason that there are simply not enough running backs making more than 10 million a year. You can do that right now. You can, you can stamp it into, into existence with a franchise tag and keep the, at least that moving a little bit. Because if you don't, if you don't play on it and that cash isn't earned, Here's the amount of players in 2023 that stand to make more than $10 million at the running back position. Okay. Tony Pollard's already signed that contract. He's going to get to 10 million and it's, it's 10 million and 91,000, by the way. So it's barely over. I don't know that Jacobs gets it. Barkley says he doesn't want it. Joe Mixon, I think is going to get there. Seems like they're going to keep him on that contract. They, they can still cut him this summer and get out of this thing. Looks like Derrick Henry's going to make his 10-5. Nick Chubb is going to make his 10-8. Aaron Jones dropped down to 10-9. He was you know, previously in the 15 mark. Kamara is going to make 11 unless he's suspended. And then obviously that's going to cut into that a little bit. McCaffrey's going to make 12. And Bijan Robinson is the leader in the clubhouse at 13 and change with that signing bonus. So that's it. That's the list of people making 10 million. Barkley's number eight in that list right now but he's looking to forfeit it. 
or at least hold it, hold against it for more. If he thinks he's getting more than 22 million guaranteed, I don't know that he's in the right league right now. <laughs> okay. It's just not how this is working. All the numbers point against him. Um, you know, we can have a Jonathan Taylor extension conversation at some point. I don't know where that stands. Uh, I don't know where the Colts stand with it. I want to talk Cowboys real quick. Uh, we mentioned Pollard signed that contract. That's personal. Um, recovering from an injury. The franchise tag offer was was kind of like a lifeline to him right now, which is something Jerry Jones has done over and over and over again with these players. He falls in love with them, and he does right by them. Now, it hasn't been everybody, okay? He's certainly made some hard decisions, but for the most part, and I think more recently, he's just become this guy that falls in love with players and decides that money is no object and doesn't really care about the value portion of it. Now, he traded Amari for CeeDee Lamb last year on a one-to-one ratio, except for he forgot to replace Amari. <laughs> okay? So I think he's starting to get in that mode. All right? And the Zeke Elliott contract was like the poster child for this entire conversation. Not the Dak contract. None of that. The Zeke contract is the one. And until Jerry proves that he's not going to go back to that, and I'm not sure he is, I, think, I still think he's that guy. Dallas is in their own world with this, all right? So I wouldn't be surprised if at some point in time, Tony Pollard gets a multi-year extension around Christmas time once, once eligibility kicks back up. I wouldn't be surprised, okay? It has to be after the regular season, obviously, on the one-year tender. But keeping Pollard after this injury, after this franchise tag, would not surprise me in the Dallas Cowboys franchise. Any other team, not a chance in hell. But that's the world we live in right now. Um, and fine. I'm not saying it's a bad or a good. I'm saying it's a one-of-one one situation. All right? There are 31 other teams that are literally making this position a revolving door, and I think the Raiders are going to be next in that regard. There are, I don't know, a half dozen running backs that at least make teams stop and think. The problem is almost all of those decisions we saw with Eckler, not with Delvin. We're going to see it with Barkley. Okay. We might see it with Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor might be a finish out the year franchise tag candidate now. In fact, that's probably how I would bet it right now if I could put my money down on it. It's where we're going. Okay. It's where we're going. So the list is getting smaller and smaller. The guarantees are getting smaller and smaller. Everything's looking like it's succincting down into one year contracts, which is what the teams want. They want to be able to change this stuff up on the fly because injuries are so prevalent. So is Saquon Barkley. Instead of making the stance by not making the money, demand the money that's going to come to you over two years anyway. Okay, It's a minimum. I understand $22 million is a minimum. But get it. Get it, on, get it in your pocket right now from a, from a guaranteed signing standpoint. And make that. Make that what's going to happen. Okay? Make that how this works. At the very least, you're going to fully guarantee me what you would be nickel and diming me from a year-to-year basis over the next two years. It's not going to get any better, you know, unless another Christian McCaffrey comes out of this thing. Can Bijan be that guy in two seasons? You know, when he becomes extension eligible, maybe. But again, we're, uh, we're searching for unicorns in a field that has lots of other options. Let's put it that way.
what do I think Dalvin Cook is going to sign a contract for? His agent very candidly put out there through the uh, Tom Palacero chain that he does not want a four to $5 million contract, which is hysterical because if we ran the numbers and we did this morning on free agent contracts from June 1st to September 1st over the past six off seasons, the highest total value contract in six off seasons after June 1st is Dwayne Brown's two for 20 with the Jets last year who had to replace Becton and Brown is still the starting tackle in for the Jets. There was a 9 million guarantee on that contract. That 9 million is the most that any team has guaranteed a free agent after June 1st in six off seasons, 9 million, which if you put four and a half million times two, which is what I'm sure Dalvin Cook is looking for, two years fully guaranteed here, that's nine million. So I think those numbers were extremely calculated. <laughs> okay. Um, if we're just talking weapons in this conversation, if we go back to 2017, Jeremy Macklin signed with the Ravens in actually literally June 12th today in 2017 for two for 11, six million guaranteed. That was a pretty big deal after he left Kansas City. Um, or no, left Philly at that point, joining the Ravens. And he was a factor, but he got two for 11, six guaranteed. So one for six. Let's be frank about what this was. One for six. That was a weapon, right? That was a legitimate weapon right there. That's what we're dealing with, all right? Now you can tell me Beckham got one for 15. That was more traditional, all right? It was in, it was in the window of more traditional contracts, He's already done this once before. Yeah, he's coming off massive injuries. And oh, by the way, <laughs> there's no question that that was done with the premise of having to get Lamar Jackson signed as well, right? I mean, one preceded the other. One conversation probably led to the other happening. So don't tell me that's a true, true comp for what DeAndre Hopkins is looking for. And then on a smaller side, what Dalvin Cook is looking for. We don't have that, okay? What I have is, 100 running backs averaging 1.3 guaranteed per with Miles Sanders, 13 million as the breadwinner. Okay. Should Dalvin Cook get more than Miles Sanders guaranteed right now? Okay. But not after June 1st. Not after June 1st. All right. The NFL just doesn't operate this way. They're in, they're in in-season mode right now. Mandatory minicaps this week the terrifying vacation, and then it's hit the ground running for training camp. All right? Now, Delvin can wait. He can wait until training camp, or at least after this mini, mini camp, and see if somebody tugs a hamstring or something like that. Unfortunately, that's a conversation that agents have, right? Let's wait till the leverage is a little bit better, because right now, everybody knows the Dolphins want you. Everybody knows the Dolphins are the best fit. The Broncos just signed a guy, so they're already pushing back the leverage against you a little bit. And there's a hell of a lot of good running backs that just got 1.5 million. So what is Delvin Cook going to get? I can tell you, mathematically speaking, he's an eight and a half million dollar running back in our system. He's been fine. He's up there. He's, he's in the upper echelon of where things are still. He's not the same Delvin Cook he used to be. And that's unrealistic to, to say out loud but he's still an upper tier running back. Will he be for the next two seasons? No. So are you telling me this guy should sign for two for 12 fully guaranteed? Sure. 
I still think that's high. <laughs> okay. I still think that's high, but the cap is up. Cash flow is better. There's a lot of good happening in this league right now. So if Miami has to go two for 12 fully guaranteed, Delvin Cook's going to say yes. He's going to say yes because it's the right team and that's a halfway decent price. Now keep in mind, this guy's three years older than Saquon Barkley. Three. That means I just had a conversation, a 20-minute conversation about how Barkley should say yes for two for 22. And I'm telling you right now, three years later, Delvin Cook should say yes for two for 12. Okay, That's how quickly this thing falls off a freaking dump truck. All right? It has to happen though. If he can get 12 million fully guaranteed, it'll be the most in the last six off seasons fully guaranteed for any free agent. I think Hopkins is going to get around there too. All right? I think Hopkins might be in the two for 20, 12 million guaranteed mark around there. Um, I know. I know Tennessee could go four for 60, right? And make this thing look big. And the agent might demand that now that there's an agent on board. I know the Lions could go, probably go bigger than that. I know Buffalo's not. I know Kansas City's not. Tennessee might be in the middle of that. So two for 20-ish, one and a half fully guaranteed, sure. Sure. He, that guy can still catch 60 balls. Dalvin Cook can still score eight touchdowns for you. So I'm not saying these guys are like the other free agents out there. You know, there are the cream hunts of the world are there for whatever reason. Dalvin Cook's a step above this. And that's fine to say out loud. It's just where it is. It's very unique to have DeAndre Hopkins and Delvin Cook on June 12th looking for a free agent contract. So it's not 100% correct to compare them to six years of off-season contracts. It is for a starting point, though. It is to know where this thing should be in the ballpark. And to say that Delvin Cook should go out there and get two for 20 is bonkersville. When you've got franchise tag players three years younger saying, I'm not playing on 10. Okay. You can't have those competing conversations in the same position and hope to keep evolving the position. So two for 12 on Delvin Cook, two for 22 on Saquon Barkley. Let's just keep this money coming. Okay. I know it's not piling up. I know the mountain's not getting bigger, but keep going down the road and something's going to give. You're going to find the next McCaffrey. He's going to reset this thing and we'll go from there. All right. Unless you have the perfect resume and neither of these players do, none of the players I'm talking about do right now. Unless you have the perfect resume coming into the absolute deadline, right? It can't be after year three. That's not going to work for the running back anymore. It's got to be year four for a non-first rounder. It's got to be year five for a first rounder. You've got to have a perfect resume behind you, ready to sit down at that table and say, it's time to go to the top of the mountain. And they just don't have it. None of these names have it yet. So take what's there, get what's, get what's yours go play ball and keep the position going on the field, right? Football wise, so that the next guy who's, the, who's available and ready and able can come in and say, look, look how valuable this position still is. Look what Delvin Cook was able to do at age 27, eight on the field for only 6 million guaranteed. I'm two years younger. You got to give me 24 million guaranteed now. That's what has to happen. It's going to be a slow drip, but it's got to happen. So they're going to have to bite it. All right. I, I'm, not, I'm not against you know, the holdout stuff and, and Barkley trying to say, I'll miss seven weeks and take that money away. I just don't think that's the right approach, approach here. Play football, make the 10 million, keep the train moving. Okay. Um, back to baseball soon. We've got to talk Cincinnati. My God, their prospects look good. We've got to talk Arizona. Uh, Cousin Dan knew this Corbin Carroll stuff was going to hit. 
he's a freaking superstar and he's already paid on a contract that you want to talk about value. Looks like it could be an unbelievable steal. We're going to talk that soon. Keith Smith has been cranking out off-season reports. We're almost there. I think Denver's going to finish this thing up tomorrow, uh, tonight and uh, we'll be fully in NBA off-season mode. We'll have Keith on a whole bunch of talk, positional stuff, James Harden, the works, right? A lot of coaching changes, how that may impact roster construction. So there's plenty to talk about with the NBA as we approach July 1st and the upcoming draft, of course. And uh, there's an upcoming Major League Baseball draft as well. Cousin Dan has been doing God's work going backwards to make sure that our data is up to snuff with some new elements. And he's going to break down the process, the, the signing bonuses, the slot bonuses, uh, the difference between a college player and a high school player or an academy player coming in and what that means from a bonus standpoint, from a team standpoint, and just how important some of these, you know, late, late picks are because we're back to a massive major league baseball draft. It was modified for COVID. Uh, we're back to just massive rounds where, you know, guys in the thirties can come out and, and make impacts in two years. So, um, more teams are going the Houston Tampa Bay route these days. So the draft has become uber, uber important. So we'll have Dan on to break down as much about that as humanly possible over the next week or so. And I'm back to NFL pieces. These uh, movement pieces are cranking along. And I'll have a Major League Baseball trade candidate piece as that deadline starts their approach as well. For Scott Allen, my name is Mike Giannetti. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Spot Trek Podcast. 